Hello again and welcome back to Reading Between Florida's Lines. You're here again with Henry Kelly, Adam Potts, I'm Ray Walker, and today we're going to talk about session coming up next year, pre-session, what to look forward to, what what's coming, what's happening, and what, what we have to look forward to. You know that in a lot of what we talked about as we have introduced this podcast, we want to delve into issues, we want to kind of, as the title says, get between the lines and kind of say, okay, what do we what does this really do? What does this really mean? What does it mean for the average citizen? What does it mean for you and me? And help to understand. That's why we jumped in with the, the constitutional amendments and we talked about how to find information on judges. We want we want to delve in. So we're looking ahead. Session starts up. We got um, beginning of January coming up next week. The governor gets sworn in on January 3rd. Um, with with the cabinet, they kick off committee. The first uh, real committee weeks uh, start on when the meet, committee meetings start on Wednesday, January fourth. So they're going to start kicking it off, and they're going to start bringing issues. Bills are being filed. So just kind of let's 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 kind of talk here and say, okay, what is what do we have looking forward to? What what do you guys see as the top things coming up? And how sessions going to kind of play out moving forward? So, Henry, go ahead. What do you, what do you see? Get your take first. Well, I think before we dive into any specific issue, um, I think it's worth mentioning that the legislature will have a supermajority. Um, the Republicans control two more than two thirds of the Florida House, and they control two thirds of the Florida Senate. And this is a significant milestone um, it, it generally allows the legislature to do whatever it wants to do um, they have the, the authority or not the authority they have the votes to override a governor's veto um, if, if something was to come down the pike but the interesting thing in the Florida Constitution and um, you know people forget we, everybody in the United States has two constitutions, the U.S. Constitution and the Constitution of their state. And in Florida, in uh, Article, uh, under the legislative powers, under um, uh, Article 7, Section 19, it specifies specific authority given to the legislature under the, um, under the uh, Florida Constitution and it is the power of taxation and fees, and they can they can raise or lower fees across the state um, unilaterally. Um, you know, it has to be passed as a single issue bill, and of course, the governor has to sign off on it. But it gives the legislature a very broad power. Um, should should the the leaders and the supermajority wish it so. And so um, I think that's a uh, how how the legislature is structured um, with a supermajority is going to be a key to understanding the legislation that gets passed. Well, let me just say that if if you were hoping that that meant there's going to be some tax increases and some more spending, it's probably the wrong a wrong party has the supermajority. <laughs> yeah. So. Yep. I'm thinking that, that that you're gonna have a sad day if you think that this means, you know, a couple extra billion for welfare programs. 
Yeah, but on that line, so looking at pre-session and the supermajority, and they'll get to spend it on what they want to spend. And I was just reading an article that um, last in the November, which is the last numbers that we have, the state's revenue was up almost a half billion dollars more than predicted, more than estimates. That's a half B billion dollars more than estimates. The, the supermajority is going to have money to spend. The key is in the supermajority, to your point, Adam, it's what do they spend it on? And, and, and we think that's going, so, to be, that's going to be the issue. And so I don't think that that's going to, uh, to be honest, if we play this out, I don't think it's going to be any, I don't think at the end of the day it's going to be any different than it was. Having a supermajority can shut down conversation, but it's not even that hard already. Um, this is a very different time than the last time we had a supermajority. We had yep, a supermajority yeah. under Marco, yep. and we had Charlie Crist, who was on the outs with the Republican Party at the time. So it actually yeah. meant something. Yes, there is a lot that you can do with the supermajority, but in this case, when you have somebody in the executive office is the governor that's popular no one no one in the party is going to cross because it's only going to hurt them it's kind of it kind of neuters the supermajority in this case i i don't i mean it, you know I, I guess throwing constitutional amendments on the ballot not having to worry about get, getting the vote but i, I don't see I just can't picture a scenario at this point where you're going to see an override of the of a governor's veto. Right. Um, so well, it kind of kind of takes the fun out of it a little bit. Yeah. Well, that was going to be my point, Adam. Is that the governor and the, the legislative leadership are generally ideologically aligned? Yeah. Um, whereas, as you pointed out, the last time, even though they were all Republicans. Um, there was always a lot of friction between the executive branch and the legislative branch. Yep. Um, this time, you know, generally speaking, they're they're all on the, the same sheet of music, um, and so we will we will see things pass, I believe, um, rather quickly. Um, which Ray might be a good jumping point to some of the issues. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and on that point, we'll get to that. So. To your point, Adam, and I think you're right, there's only a handful of things that you need a supermajority super to get done. And are those really issues that we're, that we're dealing with? And because the governor is aligned, you're not worried about overriding vetoes. The, 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 the legislatures, pretty much, they're all in lockstep with each other. So it does kind of, to your point, I remember I was in the legislature working when we had a supermajority before, and we were fighting the then governor Charlie Crist, and that was a lot more fun because there was some friction. That is, let's maybe not fun. There was a lot more drama. I guess is a better way of but, putting it. But I'll also say you didn't that that during that time, not much was accomplished. No, no. I mean, we got to no. we got to people have forgotten because he's a senator now. But Marco, when he started, you had his book. You had all. Oh, yeah. the, you had all this stuff. I mean, people assumed he was going to be president one day i don't think anybody's come in just higher and by the time his speakership ended it it, it was an also rant had he not you know had he taken any of the multiple offers to get out of that senate race you know we wouldn't 
hear anything from him. I mean, that was just a lucky case of staying, you know, staying in and it worked out and it brought him back. And I like Marco, but it is a, it's an interesting scenario. If you really look his rise and falls, I still have his, really not on. I still have his hundred ideas book somewhere <laughs> in the house. Have you, uh, have you read it? <laughs> I said I had it. I didn't say I read it. <laughs> Same here. I have it because it was given to. It was laid on my desk when I was in the legislature. Uh, as an aide, it was put on my desk, and the boss didn't want it. Um, hey, hey, hey. The... it, was, it was, I can I can think of a couple other people that have had books that it's far yes. better than. Oh, well, yeah. That's another. That's a whole other episode that. that well, that's good. Just move on from that. Yeah. Okay, so let's jump into issues. Let's jump into issues, and I know there's rumors of a special session. So let's kind of go there first, and there's a very pretty strong ideas that they might pick a couple of key topics, key, key issues to tackle prior to session. So, so let's jump there. Adam, go ahead. You want me to jump? So, yeah, go ahead. You know keep hearing the pretty strong persistent rumors are that there's going to be a special during January um, but even February what you have that's interesting is you have a condensed because they just did a special and no other committee weeks you've got three committee weeks in January and three in February so that just yep. leaves two weeks off before session starts so there's a lot going on but um, it's it's pretty common rumor that there is going to be a special that the governor's pushing for and of the topics that are um, included the first that you keep hearing the most is conceal is the constitutional carry yep and then the second is changes to ESG or have some kind of defense of, against ESG and then you also hear that there's going to be abortion, which the assumption is that be the 12 weeks. Yeah. And then something to do with trans, which I've not heard any um, any elaboration on. Okay, so so for our listeners on reading between Florida's lines, and you know, feel free to follow and and reply back. What is ESG? Just just so you. Henry, you got this one, buddy. <laughs> it is shorthand for environmental, social, and governance. Okay. And it is a trend by uh, corporations, particularly driven by hedge funds, um, BlackRock, State Street, um, companies like that, but that you uh, receive a, a score um, based upon adherence to environmental, social, or governance standards. Um, and so um, there, there's, there's two ways to look at this. And I should say it, it, you, you have um, the, you can look at it the holistic side, um, which is, it's an attempt, there's, there's a thing in accounting called goodwill. And so on your balance sheets, of course, you know, profit, loss, sales, revenue, you know, those sorts of things. But there's an intangible section called goodwill, and it is typically the value of your brand name. So what is the value of the name Disney? What is the value of the, you know, of a brand name? 
um, the Miami Dolphins. Um, and so, so quantifying that can show up on a balance sheet. Well, the idea is if a, if a, if a company is buying carbon offset credit, so Delta Airlines is, well, we pollute a lot, so we're going to buy carbon credits as an investment that they can show up on a balance sheet. Um, and so in your social governance is, um, you know, do we, you know, is our board diverse, um, you know, and, and is our workforce diverse? Um, and then the governance is, well, you know, how well are you um, adhering to transparency, things like that, in an effort to quantify it. Um, so that's the, that's the, the rainbows and unicorns side of it. Um, so in other words, you get you get scored on whether you're woke enough. I mean, let's just let's well, just break it down. Well, that, let's that's just break it down. That's where it's going. So the side of it that is, you know, if you're an advocate, you, okay, those are good things. Um, but when it becomes a woke, you're going to comply. Yep. When you're going to do it this yep. way, now we're in a different set of rules. And so, 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 ESG is not inherently woke. It's if you if you take it by itself. But what some of these hedge funds are pushing, um, you you now wait a minute. That's you know you're, and so what I believe because I have not seen any legislation is things start getting into your bond ratings and is the state pension fund, is the state investing in bonds or other things that bring revenue in that are ostensibly woke um, and are hurting the value or alternatively a bond is being punished because they are not woke or not using ESG um, is kind of where I think the, the rub um, is going to be, and I'm, I'm certainly very interested when legislation hits the table to understand, um, you know, Jimmy Petronas recently pulled uh, $2 billion out of um, uh, BlackRock's yep. uh, venture capital or uh, hedge fund um, on behalf of the state of Florida. So um, Adam is a very interesting and very complex subject. Um, because you're getting you're getting into long-term fiscal impacts. So on that one, that's those are you brought it up before, a couple times there in your statement, Henry, and that is that until we see legislation, how is it going to be addressed? And that's going to get into more episodes moving down the road, in which we Absolutely. actually break down legis we actually have a bill to look at, and then break down what does this really mean. So yeah. that put that in the category of to be discussed later, because because yeah. when we have legislation and speaking of legislation, one of the other ones that I really that I know we really want to hit on is probably the topic that's getting the most buzz for a special session, and that is constitutional carry. Some people use the term open carry um, and so on. And we'll get it. We're going to define it, yep, and, and and kind of get it, break it down on what what really will has a chance of passing. What it does, what does it really mean? And constitutional carry, just simply, um, I did some reading on. There's a lot of terms I thought, but constitutional carry just simply means if you're if you can lawfully own a gun, 
then you can lawfully carry a gun. You don't have to have a concealed carry permit in the state of Florida. Um, that's yeah. that's the very that's the very basic differentiation of what they're talking about. Now, there's there's more there's more ins and outs of that that we want to get into so people understand what we're talking about. Adam, I, yeah, I can I can see you biting at your you know chomping at the bit trying to answer. So go ahead, <laughs> pop in here. Well, well, no, so but it also has to do with what it, it also doesn't supersede the other laws within your state. Florida, you cannot open carry. So if you don't have an open carry on the books, that means that that, that constitutional carry for the state of Florida, if they do anything, unless they go back and touch the open carry, will just mean that you can carry a concealed weapon without having to have the permit. Correct. Right. Yep. No. And that's exactly right. And I, I'm glad you made that differentiation because there's a different law that says you can't open carry. All this applies to is you just can conceal carry without having a per- if you're lawful if you can lawfully own a gun, then you can lawfully conceal carry a gun without having a permit. And, and I think there's two two reasons we we Florida will not get to uh, full open carry where I can just display. Number one, um, for those of us that have concealed carry permits, um, there's a term in the Florida law called brandishing. And they would actually have to change the rule, the wording on brandishing. And brandishing is when I am showing you my gun in public in a, um, in, in, there was some legislation to clear this up a few years ago, but if, if I pull my gun out, um, you know, uh, you know, something happens and I pull it out in a threatening manner when I'm not being threatened, um, then I can be charged with brandishing my weapon um, yeah. and lose my concealed carry permit. So they would have to change the rule of brandishing to have full open carry. The second reason is um, I think the tourism industry will come in strongly against full open carry. Yep. And while we've had another podcast where we, we said Disney uh, was a loser, they had a, they had a rough 2022, Disney is still Disney. They are still, um, you know, they, they hit a rough patch, uh, but now they have their old new CEO back. And Disney, Universal, but um, the tourism sector in Florida is our major economic driver. And they are going to, I think, hey, you want permitless carry, great. But the idea of people walking around with an AR-15 um, showing at a theme park is just not going to fly. So so, I think those are the two reasons it stops. No, and so, it's not just, so, Adam, hold on just a second. It's not just Disney, though. It's It's... Your beach communities, and yeah. so they don't want they don't want tourists coming down on the beach and seeing. And let's so right category if, number three, Florida man. And, they don't want Florida man walking around with if, a gun. If it was if it was just Disney, we probably would be getting it. Right, <laughs> that's yeah. That's but a it, good point, Adam. Um, so let me ask y'all something. When did you know Florida used to have open carry? When was open carry banned in the state of Florida? A little trivia for you too. Okay, I don't have, I don't know the answer, so I'll just, uh, I'll, to, I'll just take a wild you, guess. You stumped me. Guess. You stumped me. So, when, so just take a wild guess. When was the last time you could carry, um, 
I'm wondering if it was no. tied to the because I really don't know. Adam got me on this one. Yes, yeah, no, I'm gonna say the '68 Constitutional Convention. Not even kind of. Next, Ray. Oh, jeez. I mean, <laughs> the only thing I could say is maybe go back to when we first became a state. So you know, in our first constitution. Okay, so this is this this is interesting, and I'm glad y'all gave those answers. It was 1987, and it was Janet Reno who lobbied for it. Really? Really? Wow. Yep. That so that would have been the year before I would have been legally able to carry. No, we're just yeah. I just aged myself there now. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, that's interesting. But I think the point being is there's too many factors that would prevent open carry, and I. Just as a personal note for myself, I have a, I mean, if you have a concealed carry, which I think we all, I think all of us do, maybe not at, not all of us, but you know, I have one. I name on a list. I do not, I personally don't want people to know that I'm carrying if I'm carrying, because there's something about that mystery of if, if a bad guy comes into the room and he knows I'm carrying, I'm now a target. But if he's wondering, now he's got something he's having to think about. I don't yeah. want open carry. I prefer concealed. That's just my personal, from a mindset of a of somebody who's has a who, who carries a weapon only to defend his family. Yeah, and you know the reason I bring up the brandishing thing is I worked a few years ago with the uh, late Senator Greg Evers, um, who put some modifications in regarding brandishing to clarify. Um, the, the rules that, for instance, I go to the range and I have a, a, a weapon on my hip. I took to the rifle range and I stopped to get gas and my jacket opens and, you know, I accidentally am seeing a gun, but it was truly accidental. And the circumstance, you know, there, there was a reason I had it. I, I went to the range. I went, you know, I was hunting. So we, we created a little bit of, he created um, a little bit of of uh, you know flexibility regarding brandishing where brandishing is you know kind of an overt hostile act um, and so to go to full open carry um, in fact uh, a state legislator years ago told me um, just great insight he said you know he said Henry you know what the role of the legislature is I said what's that and he goes well to clean up laws passed by previous legislatures and how much time they spend hey we we had an oversight in this law so we need to go in and, and file an amendment to some law and because things change and so it was an example and i'm saying they would have to do a there's a wholesale list of rules uh, laws that would have to be modified to get to open carry putting philosophical issues aside so I just don't believe, you know, people, we will, there will be open carry in the state of Florida, but I do believe permitless carry um, will, will occur this session or special session if, as the case may be. Yeah, and I agree, and I don't think people want, I think the, the public outcry of, well, you're going to turn it into the wild, wild west and people are going to walk in with six shooters hanging on their hips. Um, that's not what... And we know that's exaggeration, and that's not what happens. But that's gonna—that's always the 
when you talk open carry, that's always what's going to get thrown out. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any appetite for that. I do think, though, the purest interpretation of the Second Amendment is what you're going to see happen, and that is... If you're lawfully able to have a gun, then you're lawfully able to carry it, and that's what our that's what yeah. our Constitution provides for. I think that's what we're going to see um, on that on the topic of special session or any big issues. Is there any other big issue? I mean, the modification of abortion rules. I think that's probably going to come up. They have the the numbers to do it. Um, there's no surprises or anything really that yeah. we need to discuss. Right. I mean, on that one, that's pretty straightforward. Well, but anything I else? Like to, I, I would like to, um, just on that, Ray, um, you know, I, I mentioned, we've mentioned on previous shows, we've even mentioned on this show, the Florida Constitution, you know, people, well, why can't you pass, you know, the, the people who are, are the, uh, the, 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 the hardline pro-life, you know, but the Florida Constitution has a guaranteed right to privacy clause. Yep. And so, again, that has been Supreme Court after Supreme Court, in Fl the Florida Supreme Court, um, has ruled repeatedly that, well, we have a guaranteed right to privacy. And so it will be interesting to see how far the legislature um, attempts to push that boundary. Um, but in the Florida Constitution, there's a there's a clause um, that that makes things like that very difficult to be to get an absolutist opinion or an absolutist law. And and on that point, that's the subject. That clause is actually the subject of the current lawsuit against the one that was passed last year in the 15 week ban. Right. So I mean, that's actually a, a pending lawsuit that's yeah. still being being talked about so and it's based on that the objection is based on that clause so that's a yeah. good point to bring any other ish, big issues that you think Adam that you think could be coming up that we want to talk about today I think at this point that's that's really the biggest I yeah, think those, those hurdles have to be jumped before you start getting, getting to the next set of things well and, and as we move into the new year and we start seeing um, committee weeks coming coming up, and like you said, Adam, earlier, there's three in January, then there's three in February, and then there's a week off at the end of February, and then session starts at the beginning of March. And once once the committee weeks really start getting going and the committees are going, then you start seeing bills being filed, and then you start to see the priorities of both, both yeah. houses start to come forward, and then we can start breaking down the bills and actually... Exactly. Actually, read between the lines, which is what we're, which is what we're after here. So there you go. So, so that's kind of people are going to start to figure out why we chose the name for a yeah. podcast that we exactly. chose. So with that, I think we're good to wrap this episode up. Thank you for joining us on Reading Between Florida Lines, Henry. Anything? Any closing comments before we say goodbye? No, I'm just um, I'm, I'm looking forward to a, a good 2023 and. Um, you know, in the in the words of I believe Mark Twain, uh, no man's life, liberty, or property is safe while the legislature is in session. And you know, the thing that we all enjoy is we we enjoy reading legislation and having a discussion of how is this really going to go down. So I'm I'm looking forward to a, a great 2023. Adam. 
just remember that when constitutional carry passes, if you don't have a concealed license, you're still going to have to wait to get your gun. You're not. You're, you're going to have to do the background check. So. <laughs> This is a true statement. Um, so, with that, um, hope we're, we are we're looking forward to 2023. We're looking forward to really getting into the meat of why we started this podcast, and that is breaking down legislation and what that what the what the bill really does and what it says, and reading between the lines to know what's going on. So, with that, thank you for joining us on Read, Reading Between Florida's Lines. Don't forget to follow us and and reach out. Send us an email. Um, send us a tweet um, follow us on Facebook follow us on Google, Apple and uh, Spotify podcasts, we're there on all three platforms, but with that appreciate you, thank you so much for listening here on Reading Between Florida Lines <laughs>